You're listening to the Diary Discoveries podcast brought to you by Sally'sDiaries.com. Now here's your hosts, Sally Ivey and Jeff Richards. Welcome back to Diary Discoveries. We're going to try something different here. We already have episode five recorded, and it's a wonderful diary that we're so excited to share with you. It has to do with the Rocky Mountain National Park, but it's still not ready. It will be soon. Yeah, it's a small piece of the Rocky Mountain National Park, yes, right? It's yes. a little bit more than that. Oh my gosh, this it, it's really going to be a fun one to share. But we realized that reading them, transcribing them, researching them, and getting them recorded and edited is quite the process, right, Jeff? It, it is a process, and it's we're having a great time doing it. It's just taking us longer than we thought, and to do it the way we, that we'd like to do it. Exactly. Time-wise, and putting life, them out, and life yeah, goes on also. Yeah, life kind of gets in the way sometimes mm-hmm. of uh, doing Dire Discovery podcasts. And grandbabies, and all yes. those exciting things. So we thought, you know, we need to start doing some shorts in between the longer episodes of the different diaries. I have so many diaries to share. And then there are also diaries that I've uh, either sold or gotten back to historical societies or colleges and stuff. But I did keep a lot of the research that I, you know, done on the diaries. And we thought we're going to start sharing some things called shorts. Well, so why don't we get started on this one? Good. This diary was written in 1918, and it was written by a man. He was 19 years old, and he was in World War I, and his name was Sir Thomas Crow Spencer Wilkinson, and he was on the HMS Oak, which was with the British fleet during World War I, and the diary came not only a fully written, handwritten diary, but it also came with his photo, and it's an amazing diary in itself. He escorted German destroyers after the armistice. Uh, They took on Russian prisoners. And then there was also a part uh, during the genealogical part where I studied that his brother, Eyre, really was struggled with what he went through during World War I, uh, mentally, they say. And then in 1915, Eyre, his plane was shot down. So it's a full diary. But what we found out later that happened to this man was actually just fascinating yeah it's pretty bizarre bizarre is a very good word for it yeah well so spencer wilkinson ended up becoming a judge and he was sent to africa to a place they called uh, nyasa land it's actually uh, a country now uh, malawi it's bordered by tanzania and mozambique and uh, what was the other one? I'm trying to remember the other one. But it's in southeastern Africa. In the course of his job as a judge there, this case came before him. And it's the case of the Crocodile Man. Well, they called it, the article that we found was the Human Crocodile Man. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> human. And that in itself, the name, the title of that, when I saw that, I went, I have to know more. Well, and this is what happens when Sally starts researching. She never knows where she's going to go. And when I'm helping her, I also get down these rabbit holes as well. So 
In researching this man's family, she came across more information about his life after the diary. This happens a lot. It really does, because life doesn't quit when the diary quits. Right. You know, you still find out fascinating things. Yeah, so this is a classic example of that. The information that we found this story was from the Overseas Service Pensioners Association website. It was written by Christopher Bean, and he was a policeman in this area, and he heard about this case and wrote it up because he was involved So back to the case. The story took place in the late 50s, like 1959, I believe it was. And there were two men, Ellard and Audric. Audric goes to Ellard and asks him to kill an eight-year-old girl. They never figured out why, what the motive was. So Ellard, who thinks he can be turned into a magic crocodile decides that he'll do it, and he'll wait till the girl's near the river, and he's going to dress himself up as a crocodile, turn into it by wrapping this bark around himself, and he's going to commit this act. The agreed-upon price was two pounds, ten shillings. So Ellard does his crocodile thing, goes up to the girl, and pulls her into the river. And in the process, somebody up on the banks saw it, who had a gun, a shotgun, fired it at him, thinking it's a crocodile. Exactly. Well, as he's trying to avoid the buckshot, he twists hard and breaks the girl's arm. Takes her downstream, she's drowned, and later her body is recovered. Now, the villagers and the people, even the person that shot, thought it was a crocodile. Mm -hmm. Because that did happen. Well, now the deed is done, so Ellard goes to Audric for his money. And Audric has the 10 shillings, but not the two pounds. In the meantime, Ellard, being the upright citizen that he's not, is put in jail for burglary. Something totally different. I mean, they didn't even know he did this, so it was just burglary. Everyone thinks it's a crocodile incident at this point. Yes. So after he gets out of jail, which was an 18-month sentence, he goes to Audric and says... You owe me two pounds. And there's some delay, and, you know, he's not paying, and so Ellard gets frustrated. And he files a claim in small claims court where both of them had to appear before a tribal-type court system. They had layers of judicial courts, and our diary guy was at the higher level. Yes. At the highest level, I guess, in that area. So they make full confessions to the tribal judge. And he says, well, you owe him two pounds. Which is crazy. Yeah, pay up. Full confessions to a murder. He issued a court order. Ellard was to receive the two pounds from Audric, and the money went through the court system, and then a receipt was issued to Ellard by the court for two pounds, basically for a murder. This is what it boils down to, because they confessed. Yeah, and it even gets more bizarre. It does. So now the policeman that wrote the story, Christopher Bean, he hears about it. And he's a police officer in the area at the time. And he's going like, what? And so he starts looking into it. He uh, finds out that there is evidence. 
they know where the girl was buried. So mm. they end up exhuming her body and it's nothing but a skeleton. This is like three years later. And because they had both talked about her arm being broken, that's what nailed them. They exhume the skeleton, they piece it together, and sure enough, the arm is broken. And only they would have known that. Exactly. Because nobody saw them do it. There was not much other evidence. Well, now the case is going to trial for murder, both of these guys. And this is where the Judge Wilkinson comes in. Yes, yes. And he is the man who wrote the diary. This is later in his life. And he heard this case. There were three other they were called assessors sitting on the panel with him, and they were tribal elders, and they could advise him on tribal customs and things like that. And apparently their advice at the end that he was a magic crocodile didn't uh, hold water with him. So uh, I'm going to read to you one section from Christopher Bean's article. And this is when counsel is prosecuting, asks him how he became a magic crocodile. And Ellard replied that he had been shown the art by an uncle who was also a crocodile man. He said that to make himself into a crocodile, he dressed himself in the bark of a certain tree and uttered an incantation. The council asked him to demonstrate this to the court. He said of course he couldn't do it in court. So council asked him if he saw other crocodiles when he was in the water and what their reaction to him was. He said that when he was in the water, he was brothers with the other crocodiles and conversed with them in crocodile language. Counsel asked him for a demonstration of crocodile language, and he said he could only do it when he was in the water. And this was a bizarre case, to say the least. But he didn't get away with it. Well, neither of them did, and that was the whole... The policeman that wrote the article said, if they had just said no... We didn't do it. If they had denied it, lied. Yeah. There was hardly any evidence. They basically confessed their way into being hung. So Thankfully, they did. Yeah. Yeah. And that is just so strange. So strange and so bizarre. And it really shows you that, again, reading a diary and then just stopping there, you don't get the full story of someone's life. And to know that this man who was with the British fleet during World War I, wrote a diary. His life back then on board this destroyer was fascinating. And then this happens later on in life. Just to find that article was absolutely amazing. And so uh, Sally's going to put a link to this article on her website. It'll be on the podcast extras page, and that's sallysdiaries.com. So we hope you enjoyed a short Yeah, so there's our short, and soon there'll be another episode coming up. Yeah, we'll get to that one and get it out as soon as we can. And thank you for staying with us, and we hope you enjoyed this. Join us next time. For more information about Sally and her diaries, go to sallysdiaries.com.